0: This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, "'Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise so. to the Lord Jesus this is the fourth Sunday of Advent and the fourth week of Advent, which has fewer than six hours remaining, so I can't really give you a long brilliant discourses this morning, but let me give you a couple of thoughts heading into the grace of the Christmas season. Many or most of us in this community have actually been living Advent actively. Advent is the four Sundays and whatever days there are in the weeks before Christmas of spiritual preparation for the coming of the grace of the Christmas season. We've talked about this over and over again for the last several weeks. God owns time. God does what God wants to do with time. Christians have experienced that through the grace of the different liturgical seasons of the year, God gives us specific gifts. We know that somehow, for real, the grace of the Christmas season is the rebirth of Jesus within us, if we want this, individually and collectively. What that will mean, nobody knows other than God. How that will unfold, nobody knows. Nobody knows other than God. It's not just during this season. This grace, though, is offered, and many of us have been preparing to be maximally open spiritually to the grace of the rebirth of Jesus within us individually and as a community. A couple of thoughts about the grace of the Christmas season, because grace is real and it's never forced. God never forces us to do anything. It's not like God gives us the grace of the rebirth of Jesus and bang, Jesus is reborn with us. We have to not just be open, but we have to cooperate with that grace when it comes. So these are some very specific things from the gospel passage we just heard about Mary and how her life changes completely through the birth of Jesus. Mary literally has Jesus conceived within her through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is born through her and is with her after he's born. So if you take a look at what happens to Mary, you can get some really great news and some cautions about the grace that we're praying for in the Christmas season. I'll give you four quick ideas that come to me. First one is, when Mary has Jesus enter into her life, it is not first and foremost about Mary. It's about the reality that God wants Jesus to be born into this world for everybody in this world. It has everything to do with the the entirety of Mary's life. She is overshadowed by the power of the Holy Spirit. She does have the Holy Spirit conceive God's Son in her. She does say yes to letting this all happen. But it's not principally about her. It's about everybody in the world receiving Jesus. So if you and I have been preparing, if you've been praying during Advent, you know, I'm sinful. I'm not with a lot of hope. I am confused. I'm lost. And Jesus, please be reborn in me through Christmas. That's all very, very good. The nuance is it's not first and foremost about you. It's about Jesus's being born through you in the lives of other people. If the grace of Christmas is primarily focused on your needs and you don't recognize that that's gonna come through Jesus' flowing through you into other people, then you might actually miss out on the grace. Number two, when Mary has Jesus born in her and through her, she has questions and she has fears. That's very direct in that Annunciation passage we just heard. Her questions and fears absolutely matter. They're totally real. They're totally sensible. The angel does address her fears and her questions. The angel explains how this will take place. The angel gives evidence. Your cousin Elizabeth, who is barren, is actually pregnant. That will be some proof for you that this is real. But when Jesus is conceived in her and born through her, are her fears and questions eliminated of course not. Every human being has fears and questions all the way through life. God doesn't ever, magically or through grace, take away fear and questions. The changes, the graces, that she puts those fears and questions into God's hands through the presence of Jesus in her. Just think about it. when, she, when Jesus is born and Mary is raising Jesus, does she know? that all of her questions are ever answered? Of course not. Does her life become something without fear? Of course not. But she allows her fears and her questions to be put into God's hands through Jesus. If you've got fears and you've got questions and you expect that at some point God's gonna take them away, you're nuts. You're meant to acknowledge them and leave them with God by letting Jesus be born in you. Number three, when, and it's gonna be only four, number three, when Mary, and we've talked about this this season, when Mary has Jesus conceived in her and born through her, all of her expectations about what her life would be are blown out of the water. Whatever she is expecting for her future, including good things for her future, it turns out with the coming of Jesus, All of it is thrown up in the air. After Jesus is born, does Mary expect that her son is going to be crucified? Of course not. Does she expect that her son is gonna rise from the dead? Of course not. Her expectations of the future are absolutely valid. They may be very, very good, but they have very little to do with the future. When Jesus is born into people's lives, it always brings change. Jesus wants to transform everything. Why does this matter so much? All of us say, or most of us say, yeah, Jesus, please be reborn in me. When Jesus is reborn in you, he wants new things for your marriage. He wants new things for the way you live your life. He wants new love, new justice, new manifestations of his kingdom by being reborn in you. An awful lot of us, for understandable reasons, when we're, confer- when we're offered the change that he wants, we back away. If my future is not what I expected, then it couldn't be good. If my future is calling me to change, which he always inherently does, to change for the better, I'm really not so interested in that. If you live your life that way, it's completely understandable, but it's effectively saying no to the grace of the rebirth of Jesus. My expectations of... I mean, just think about us as a community very few of us 5 10 25 years ago ever expected to be with one another your children you didn't expect who they actually turned out to be the good things that are done in this parish most of the big ones were unexpected got it or shall i start again got it all right fourth and finally the final message of the angel to mary Is nothing will be impossible for God? When she's told directly that the Son of God's gonna be born in her into this world, it would seem impossible. It logically seems impossible. The angel assures her nothing will be impossible for God. If God wants something on this planet, it's possible. It's nothing but possible. It would be a crazy fable of a God who wants things but they're not possible. Everything God wants is nothing but possible. Living a life in Jesus is supposed to have all sorts of possibilities that come into our lives. My marriage could actually be healed. Hungry people in this city could actually be fed. Children in an education desert could be given the best possible education. Now, when you look at the practicalities, you say, I just don't think in my marriage, in my family, in this city, I just don't think that's possible. I can see it's the teaching of Jesus, but I don't think it's possible. To be a Christian is to accept everything God wants is possible. To get to work figuring out how do we do what Jesus teaches us to do and getting to work doing it. At the end of that, If it doesn't become real, you realize we were wrong about what God wanted. Very few of the big things we do as a community in this parish, when they're proposed, are considered possible. Very often, the logical, understandable response is, that's just not gonna happen. Many of you accept, if Jesus teaches this, let's get to work, let's figure out how to do it, and it becomes possible. Nothing will be impossible for God. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.